the Get Naked Live podcast, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and I am super excited to bring you intimately honest, sometimes uncomfortable, yet strangely funny conversations and real life stories on how emotionally draining being a strong Black woman can be. Each episode is designed to help you find the courage to embrace your emotional nakedness, define strength on your own terms, burn that superwoman cape because you know you are sick of wearing it, and learn to love life unmasked. Today I have a very special guest in the house, Gabrielle Leonard, who was so excited to be here and share her story that she actually arrived an hour early. That's true. <laughs> Welcome, Gabrielle. I am so happy to have you. How's everything going today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Everything is going well. I was so, I was like, yes, I need to be on this, this thing early. I don't want to miss this at all. <laughs> And so, yeah, she was here an hour early, but I'm excited that she's excited because she does have a very powerful story. So I'm anxious to get her to share that with you. But before we do that, Gabrielle, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you do, why you do it, what's your passion for life, all that good stuff. Oh, so I'm an event income strategy consultant, but lately my clients have been calling me a book boss strategist (laughs) because (laughs) basically I just help entrepreneurs to become booked bosses. And one of the things and one of the tools that I specialize in helping them to incorporate into their business is in-person classes and workshops. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's what I do right now. I help entrepreneurs to create their program and book it out. That's basically what I do. And, you know, my passion is helping women to live in their purpose. That's what I I originally started out with. I originally started out as a purpose coach Mm -hmm. a few, like about three years ago when I started out. And so purpose is near and dear to me. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to help women to make an impact in other women's lives, but I my, my goal is to help them make an income that reflects the impact that they're making in other people's lives. So that's right. what I do. And I'm oh, passionate cool. about that. Cool. Thanks. I love it because we we are all, or I can say for me personally, striving to live and walk in purpose. So yeah, I definitely like that. And if you can monetize it, that's even better. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so I read over some of your, your questions and you've gone through some pretty traumatic things in your life. And so yeah. I want to talk a, a little bit about that and how being strong has affected how you handled those particular situations. So I know you mentioned that you that you dropped out of high school. So let's talk a little bit about that, how it affected your life. And did you feel like, you know, being strong and handling your emotions or how well you handled them play a role in you overcoming that? Yeah. So I actually dropped out of high school in my senior year of high school, which is so devastating. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you're almost there. I actually right. had one semester left, mm-hmm. but there were so many things going on in my in my household at the time that I actually had like a mini meltdown. I had a mini breakdown and I was not able to focus. I was not even communicating correctly. I, it was just a thing where I kind of just shut down emotionally, psychologically, just shut down. And a close confidant, a close uh, mentor of mine at the time who was really high up in the school at the time was like, you know what, you know, you have so much potential and I would hate to see that 
just all disappear overnight. So what I recommend is that you take a break from school and then come back when you are prepared to finish. And so that took an emotional toll on me because I am someone, I will, I was, I've always been someone who's extremely um, ambitious. Mm-hmm. And so back then in high school, I was, I, I played, you know, I, I did private tennis lessons. I was on the volleyball team. I was in the, I was a vice president of the student council. You know, I was in choir club, JROTC. I was very ambitious and I was someone who aspired to be a doctor or a lawyer, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I had all of these goals and dreams. And so when I, you know, went ahead and, and took the rest of the year off and just kind of, I was out here just, I was just emotionally devastated because mm-hmm. I felt like all of my dreams were just gone. Not only that, a lot of the people who I thought were in my corner, like teachers and adults in my life at the time, started to speak death on my life. Not when I say speak death, words have power. Right. And when they say things like you're going to get pregnant or she's going right. to get pregnant mm-hmm. or she's going to, she's not going to make it. I'm so disappointed in her. She's just a failure now. Those things are speaking death into someone's life life, right? Mm -hmm. Because your words have power and you're speaking Mm -hmm. death against their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And so that just took a toll on me and I started to believe it. And so I had to become emotionally strong from a very young age. And I had to step up and decide that if no one is going to fight for me, I'm going to fight for myself. That that, that took a toll on me. And, you know, that's around the time I was actually homeless as well. So not only was I a high school dropout, but I was actually a homeless high school dropout. Um, and like I said, all of the dreams that I thought I had, all of the, the things that I wanted to do and all of the things that I wanted to be, it felt like un- it felt unrealistic after mm-hmm. I became a dropout and became homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went from living in, in, in a nice neighborhood, having a, a family who's well known in the, in the Virgin Islands to being someone who's on the street, an outcast, looked down upon. And, you know, it was, it was extremely hurtful. It was extremely Mm -hmm. devastating. And so, yeah, I had to become emotionally strong immediately. But how did you, so you say I had to be, become emotionally strong, but what did it take for you to get there? Because I can imagine it must've been devastating to be homeless out of high school don't really have any place to go or don't have a place to go and then don't have the support system that you need so how did you overcome that well I want to say this I when when I say I was homeless Mm -hmm. um the definition of homeless is not having a stable home so I actually was bouncing from couch to couch a friend's house there someone's car there the bus stop here Mm -hmm. like I was back and forth between different locations just trying to figure out where I'm going to stay that night right right? right. and I was also working different jobs Mm -hmm. um so so I want to make that clear as well so there were people there but it wasn't the most stable situation at all and it was not the most healthy situation either because some of the people that I ended up staying with were very toxic. The environment was toxic and it was just not the best situation overall. But I became emotionally strong when I realized that no one owed me anything. Like when I, when I realized that the world owes me nothing, uh-huh. And I'm not a statistic. I refuse to be a statistic. I made, mm-hmm. so the first thing I did was I, I understood that the world owes me nothing. The second thing that I did was I decided to not, I decided that I was not going to become a statistic. So the two, two things that happened, I, I made a choice to change my thinking. 
Because mm-hmm. I had the woe is me story. I had the pity party. Mm-hmm. I had the I hate everyone mm-hmm. and everyone hates me. And I had that story. And I refused mm-hmm. to, to let that be my narrative anymore. Then I made a decision to change and do what it took to, mm-hmm. to get out of the t- situation that I was in. So that's mm-hmm. how I became emotionally strong. I had to understand that I was in this mm-hmm. on my own and only me could, and, and God, of course, could right. change my situation. If I had the faith and if I believed in myself that I could actually change the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm certain that there were days where you felt like, why am I here? Why this happened? How did you silence those voices in your head? To be honest, those voices was still in the background, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the thing of why am I here? Why me? It still was in the background, but I decided to not focus on it. Um, So yes, I wouldn't say that I overcame them per se, but I would say that I actually just decided not to focus and give it too much attention because right. one of the things that as black women, we have to be strong, like just because of, of culture and mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. and all the things that we as black women face, we just automatically become strong. We see our other black women in our lives being strong. So we automatically Mm -hmm. becoming strong. And so one of the things that unfortunately sometimes mean is that we ignore our reality and we ignore what we actually feel. Mm -hmm. And so at a young age, I understood the the importance of feeling the feels, but not glorifying the feel. Feeling the feels, but don't glorify. Girl, you said that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So like there's a fine line between feeling depressed and feeling, I wouldn't say feeling depressed because depressed is a severe thing that needs, you know, psychological, you need help for that. But feeling sad and feeling lonely and feeling like a failure those are things that you have to feel like you're going to mm-hmm. feel that and you can't mm-hmm. ignore the feeling mm-hmm. but you have the feeling now what so you you acknowledge that you have those feelings but, but then the, the, but don't glorify and and for me what what i mean by don't glorify is now do something to change it right <laughs> yes i love that feel the feels mm-hmm. but don't glorify it because i mean it's like you just said it's natural that you're going to go through all of those emotions but it's right. strictly up to you how you deal with those emotions we're not saying ignore it we're saying acknowledge it allow yourself to feel it but don't get stuck in that moment right exactly exactly i love it it. so let's talk about i know you say you had also gone through a devastating hurricane in the virgin Islands. oh yeah so let's talk about that because i can imagine that must have been even more traumatic than than dropping out of high school let's talk about that how how did you survive that i mean i saw i saw the media coverage and all of Mm -hmm. that but i could never imagine what it must have been like to be in that space at that time listen it was scary it was extremely scary and i have two children mm-hmm. a nine-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter and what was the most traumatizing for me was having to tell my children it's going to be okay, but not knowing if it's going to be okay. Watching <laughs> my children cry and panic and my son like freaking out and I'm just like trying to be calm, but I'm mm-hmm. not calm mm-hmm. was very devastating and very traumatic for me. Not only that, my in-laws were with me, you know, we because we live in the same area as my in-laws. My in-laws, they're upstairs in the house upstairs and we live in the apartment downstairs. And so they came downstairs to the apartment, you know, they were like, it was more safe downstairs where we were at and you know so my in-laws were with me my mother my husband's grandmother which is um my husband's father's mother was with us so she's an elderly person and so she also is going through some mental 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 health issues where you know we had to kind of like explain to her what was going on and Mm -hmm. you know of course she was freaking out as well and having to take care of her make sure she's okay make sure the kids are okay Mm -hmm. and then you know there were moments for example there was a moment where 
where we thought the window was going to blow in and we had to like run out of the bedroom, go in the living room and then the living room windows were like getting ready to blow in. We had to run back into the bedroom, run back outside. The bedroom was flooded. Like all, like it was, we had about, I would say about five to six inches of water in the bedroom. It, it was cr- like my son's room was flooded out. So throughout the entire hurricane, we're like getting buckets of water, buckets and, and trying to move, remove the water out of, out of the room. And it was terrifying. It, not mm-hmm. only that, it sounded horrible because we're mm-hmm. up high on the mountain. So it sounds worse at the top. <laughs> um, right, right. And so it was, it was extremely scary. Only thing I could do was just pray. That's, that's mm-hmm. literally the only thing we could do because, you know, you have no electricity. The power goes off like an hour with, into the storm. And the, the only thing you ha- thing you have is radio to kind of know what's going on out right. on the outside, right? right? It was definitely scary. I'm so thankful to God that we are here. Um, there are some people who did not make it here on island. You know, a lot of people, you know, have either been severely injured. A lot of people have died from injuries after the storm. In fact, like people who were sick, who had diabetes and had no access to dialysis and all those things. There was right. so much, there were so much casualties from that, from that storm, but I'm just thankful that, that I'm here, you know? Well, I want to back up just a little bit when you talked about how you were telling your, your children that it was going to be okay. When essence, you didn't really know if it was going to be okay. So what was it like to have to tell them that not being certain that everything was going to work out? And do you think that it's okay for parents to give their children insight into the reality of what it really is? Yeah, you know what? I told them it was going to be okay, but they were fully aware of, of what was happening. We had spoken to the kids and let them know, you know, my husband and I, and told them, you know, what was up, you know, mm-hmm. what the hurricane it means. We spoke about past hurricanes because hurricanes are the thing that we deal with here in the Virgin Islands around right. hurricanes. So they understood fully what was happening. And that's actually why they were so afraid because they were fully aware of what a hurricane could do. So we didn't sugarcoat anything. We made it very clear to them what was happening. And, you know, they were very clear. And so when we told them it was going to be okay, it was based on faith. Because mm-hmm. I was I, I was nervous, yes, but I had faith that God would take care of us, Absolutely. you know? So. Yeah. I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a believer. I actually don't have to call myself a Christian. I'm actually someone who just believes in God, Jesus Christ, and the mm-hmm. word of God. You know, that's what we stood on. Mm-hmm. And so though I understood what could happen and I, I understood what was going on and my kids did as well, mm-hmm. we were just standing on the word and standing on faith that we would absolutely. be okay. Um, it, w- in addition to using wisdom and doing what we needed to do, like boarding up the house, right. you know, it's buying food, doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. So we didn't just stand, stand on faith alone. We stood on wisdom as well as faith. And so they and saw the, that. And then and you did what you needed to do. Exactly. Because I think <laughs> a lot of times Christians tend to be so faith Centric is what I would call it. Mm-hmm. We tend to ignore the realities. And so right. I had faith, yes, but I also did what I needed to do. Our family did what we needed to do to make sure that we were taking care of our actual well-being as well. I think I think that's a very good point that you made that, you know, we as Christians are so faith-centric. And that mm-hmm. even goes back to some of the emotional pain that we experience. People right. are so quick to say, oh, just pray about it. Just give it to God. Right. And, and I'm a Christian too. I've, I've been yeah. saved since I was 16 years 
years old and, oh, wow. and awesome. all about praying and, and giving it giving it to God. Right. But I also know that there are some things that are so traumatic in our lives that it's not just it's not as easy to just say, Here God, here it is. You know, right. so how do you respond to people that want you to bury your feelings because God can handle everything? How do you respond to those kind of things? I heard the thing, I actually have to respond to that quite often. But how I respond is I say then why would God create the very things that we need to actually do the work mm-hmm. and be wise? For example, I, a lot of Christians would straight up say, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not taking medication right, because right. I have faith. But I'm like, well, why would God create doctors to have the wisdom mm-hmm. to diagnose you and mm-hmm. give you a course of action to help you get better or medication mm-hmm. to help you get better? God wouldn't allow those things to exist if he didn't want you to use those things, especially if it can help you, right? Right, absolutely. Um, so one of the things I tell people is and look at what we actually have. Look at the facts, right? Mm-hmm. The fact is we have a God, we believe in a God, we serve a God who can heal you and take care of you. Mm -hmm. But also the fact is God has also given people wisdom and the knowledge to help in, you know, in in the natural as well. So while you're being faithful, you also want to do the work, right? Because faith without work is dead, right? And do the work on your end while you're having faith. Same thing with people who suffer from mental illness, especially in the Black Mm -hmm. community. People who suffer from mental illness mental illness, illness such, such as depression and bipolar disorder, they are told, you know, just go and pray. That's a demon. But really, sometimes we have real mental health issues that a psychiatrist can actually help you to work through, right? Absolutely, and so, but we, we won't do it. No, we won't do it because as Christians, we believe God is going to take care of us. But I mm-hmm. feel as sometimes God is like, but I, I gave you the tools that you need to, to get exactly. better though. Exactly. <laughs> right? It's like I put this person here for you. Here mm-hmm. is what I provided for you. But right. then so many times we're like, no, I'm waiting for Jesus to come down and touch me himself. When God right. has provided us with this individual who can help us emotionally, Absolutely. physically, and spiritually. That's why we have ministers. Exactly. God has, God has provided us with these people, but some of us are so caught up. Oh, I, I'm, I'm standing on faith, but it's like you keep saying faith without works is dead. And it's I see dead. that exactly. so much exactly. in, in our Black community communities among our African-American women that we are, that religion has us in this place where we just feel like, okay, God's got it. And that's right. End of story. And then we're laying in bed waiting for God to come down. And and I'm not saying that God is not a healer. He's definitely a healer. But I also believe that God has physical people in place to support us. Right. Like I remember when I was pregnant, I had two difficult pregnancies. I remember some people saying, you know, just believe in God. God's going to, God's got this, God's got this. Mm -hmm. But I had to rely on the wisdom of my doctors. I had two doctors, you know, one specializing in high-risk pregnancies and one, Mm -hmm. the other one, she's highly talented gynecologist, OBGYN as well. And I had to rely on their wisdom to help me to live because if I did not, then I would have literally died. And if I didn't take take their advice and give take the medication that they prescribe, I not only would have died, but I would have ended up dying along with life that mm-hmm. I carried inside of me. So, you know, that's that's an example of God being faithful because mm-hmm. I would have been unwise if I was like, you know what, I'm pregnant and I don't mm-hmm. need doctors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have faith that I'm going to have a safe delivery. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm just going to throughout the entire pregnancy, show up to the, doc- the right. doctor and give birth. That's right. unwise because we have, we have things where you go and do checkups every month mm-hmm. so the doctor can let you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You do sonograms to make sure the baby is okay, to right. hear the baby's heartbeat, right? And so it's unwise of you to not use the tools that you actually 
you have available to you to make sure that everything is okay, right? I, I so. totally agree. I absolutely agree. And we have yeah. to be, we have to get to a point where we are okay with asking for physical help because there's absolutely. nothing wrong with that. It's like you said. Absolutely. Like our community is plagued with mental health issues. Our community is plagued with women who are dying emotionally because mm-hmm. we have been led to believe that it's not okay to ask for help because God right. can do everything. And he can. I just want to make he that can. clear. He yeah, can, he can, but he puts people in place to help us. And there's Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, sometimes I realize that and I've learned that sometimes our faith is not good enough to see that instantaneous result. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, oh, I lost an arm. Your faith is probably not big enough to see an arm regrow. Right. right? <laughs> exactly. So you need to go to a physical, <laughs> you need to go to a doctor to, to get some surgery or something, right. right? Like sometimes it's because our faith is not strong enough. Right. We have faith. We only need a faith the size of a mustard seed. Yes. But sometimes we just need to have other things um, and God provides other means of doing yes. it. And Absolutely. that's why you hear of people in like those third world countries having those miraculous results and miraculous miracles because their faith is on another level mm-hmm. because they don't have right. anything else to rely on. Absolutely. We have You're other things right. that God can give us to, to, to get results and healing with. Absolutely. And and also yeah. sometimes, Gabrielle, you can be in so much pain. I right. know I've, I've gone through some things in my life and I'm not ashamed to say I didn't want to hear from God because I'm like, God, yeah. why did you allow this to happen in my life? So there are some times in your life where you, things are going to happen. They're going to be so traumatic. I know when my daughter was molested and, mm-hmm. you know, I was married to wow. a minister and I put minister in, in air quotes and wow. my daughter was my, my daughter was molested and, and I didn't understand why God had allowed that to happen. So the last thing I wanted to hear from or the last person I wanted to hear from was God because yeah. here, here this man that's supposed to be a man of God and now he's sexually abusing my child. So I don't want to hear from God. So sometimes your heart can be so broken oh, that yeah. God is the last person that you want to hear from. And until oh, you yeah. can process that pain, then mm-hmm. God is not going to be able to help. Right. Oh man, that is so true. That's mm-hmm. absolutely So I absolutely think, you know, all of, all of those things need to be taken into consideration when we're talking about Christianity and biblical beliefs and faith and things of that sort. Right. God helps us in many different ways. It's not just us reading his word and, and going to church on Sunday morning and, and hearing mm-hmm. from a minister. Oh yeah. It's doctors, it's lawyers, it's therapists, mm-hmm. it's all of that. And he's given us all of these things and we, we need to get to a point where we're okay with taking advantage of the things that he's given us. And one more thing, purpose wouldn't exist with like, wh- why would God give people purposes? Girl, he gave, yes. He gave, he gave <laughs> the doctor the purpose of being a doctor. Absolutely. He gave the lawyer Absolutely. the purpose of being a lawyer, right? Absolutely. So, so use that purpose. Absolutely. Purpose Absolutely. For, to serve others, right? So You're yeah. Absolutely right. That is a very good point. I have never looked at it like that, Gabrielle. Yeah. Like yeah. that essay, because that's what he put us here for a purpose. And our exactly. purpose is, is healing people through the medicines and, and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. So girl, thanks for pointing that out. I see you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> So yeah, so like this has been a lot of good information. You touched on a lot, a lot of good stuff and the the things that, things that you've gone through from a Christian perspective, you know, you've shed some light on that. So I'm so thankful that that you've come on today and we're going to get ready to to wrap it up in a few minutes. But before we Mm -hmm. do that, I want to talk a little bit about the strength we feel like has been thrust upon us. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think as black women that, we are just, people just naturally expect us to be strong. Absolutely. And not only 
not only do people expect us to be strong, we have to be 10 times better to get half. And this is, and this is literally a direct quote from Scandal. When, um, I don't know if you guys are Scandal fans. I am definitely yes. a Scandal fan. Mm-hmm. And Papa Pope told Olivia Pope, you gotta be, I think he said 10 times or twice as good to get half of what they have. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not um, someone who is caught up on race, but race, it, it, it's just in front of your face. You can't help right. but acknowledge it, right? But mm-hmm. in or as Black women especially to be honest with you i think that we are the true minority like a black man could do whatever he wants and the black man has is facing some severe things you go out there police brutality is real Mm -hmm. and you know trying to get jobs and going to jail and all that stuff is real Mm -hmm. but i'm talking about they can still go out here and just like go and date whoever they want to and no one looks at them as as a whole right they're looked upon as like oh you're you're great a woman not only do we have to be chase all the time and Mm -hmm. you know make sure that we're we're living we're living up to a standard of what a wholesome person looks like we have to be a mom we have to provide because in the black community unfortunately a lot of there are a lot of single women out here mm-hmm. holding it down right and a lot of the men are not they're not present for us right you know thank god i have a husband who's supportive but a lot of women unfortunately they don't have that luxury right. and so you have to hold it down then on top of that because it's so generational you don't have an example of what a healthy family looks right. like from, from your right. parents so now you're trying to hold it down trying to show you're trying to show up for your children and provide a healthy family it's just you and it's like you're working you're trying to provide like and we are usually ambitious people right so you're trying to work towards something greater we just struggle with a lot i don't think the actual man goes through as much sometimes as because there are some single men out there as well so i'm not Mm -hmm. excluding them but i think black women we are forced into being extremely strong we are forced into it we don't have a choice right um we have to be smarter better more beautiful you know, we have to everything. If you're going to go on a scale and put all the different races together on one board and put them on a platform and say, hey, who's going to be more successful? I think more than likely some, mm-hmm. sometimes the world chooses someone else. And mm-hmm. that makes you're us, right. we're forced to show up even more so we can have an equal opportunity. And sometimes, unfortunately, even when we do that, we still don't have the equal opportunity. So we have to force our way through to make our own opportunities. You're and that's what I mean right. by being strong. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So before we wrap it up really quick in one to two words how does gabrielle define strength my strong is wow that's interesting wait (laughs) (laughs) you know what my strong is truth let me explain what I mean by that. A lot of times we are hiding behind of a fear of exp- tell- telling our truth, mm-hmm. saying what we've been through, saying what we're, we're overcoming, saying what we're going through right now mm-hmm. and talking about the things that we are afraid of. And so mm-hmm. the minute I decided to just be truthful about who I am, where I am in life, oh, what nice. I'm trying to go, where I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to be, the minute I became truthful about where, who I am as a person as well, like the flaws that I have, all of those things, I became stronger because now it's out there they can't control me mm-hmm. and now it's out there the word again words have life the word is out there in the universe and something has to happen right mm-hmm. so i think my strength is truth absolutely yeah. and that that is so true that once we embrace who we are at the core and mm-hmm. get to a point where we are not ashamed yeah. of the journeys that we've been on get to a point where we're not ashamed of the choice that we made because the reality right. is we've all made some poor choices in our lives so absolutely. when you get to the point where you can actually boldly and unapologetically stand in your truth that's 
when you become strong. So not only that, the truth about what, and the truth as well as what God says about who you are. Absolutely. You know, that's truth. Absolutely. You know, that's Absolutely. as well. So sometimes you're living a life where you're not living a life according to who God says that you are. God may have called you to be a multimillionaire and you're living right now in poverty. Mm-hmm. And so for you to, when you acknowledge, you know what, this is who God says I am. Mm-hmm. This is what God says I am and, and I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. So that's my truth. And I'm going to stand on that. That's also truth and using and, and letting the truth be your strength as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. I totally agree. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Gabrielle. This is such good stuff. We're going to get ready to wrap it up. But before we do that, I like to do some rapid fire questions just for fun. <laughs> so my first one for you is what game or movie universe would you most like? Like to live in uh game of movie universe ah man i wish you said books because i I'm, I'm, a, I'm more of a book person but okay <laughs> um if i were to choose a, a a movie universe i would actually like to be on the on the avengers team because i'm a marvel fan really all the way. I, was, I mean granted you know after the last marvel movie i'm like i'm not sure about that just yet but mm-hmm. definitely um, i'm a marvel fan so i would love to be in the marvel universe so favorite activity when home on a rainy day definitely reading a good fantasy novel <laughs> yes i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love fantasy <laughs> novels. Um, my favorite author right now is Sarah J. Maas. I love her book. Um, my favorite book from her is called Throne of, The Throne of Glass series. It's awesome if you like fantasy. Yeah, it's not my thing, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. If your life were a song, what title would it be? Be inspired. I love to be. I'm. I'm be I get inspired. inspired by everything. Um, I'm also a songwriter, so it's just interesting that you said that. <laughs> oh wow! But, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I write. I write my own songs. I used to be the minister oh, wow. of music at my church, so I'm a singer as well. Um, okay. but I think it would be be inspired because I'm always looking for inspiration and in even the smallest things. So I'm always inspired. I have a lot of ideas, and my clients know that I'm an idea bank. I uh-huh. can come up with an idea like that. <laughs> so yeah, inspire inspiration. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to to hearing that song since you're a songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. finally, parting words. If there's one thing you want our listeners to take away from today's conversation, what is it? I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care who you think you are right now. You're called for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it may not look like that in the moment. It may not, like right now, you may be like literally have tears running on your face. Mm-hmm. You may have just gotten off a bad, bad phone call where someone was like, you're fired. You know, no matter what it looks like right now, you're called according to God's purpose. And yes. so what I want you to do is focus on what that purpose is. And if you don't know exactly what your purpose is right now, serve someone else. Go out mm. there and help be useful. Help help someone with something. And then you'll start to find what your passion is. And when you start to find what your passion is, then you can go ahead and pursue that. So you're called according to a purpose. And I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to look at your circumstance right now and think that it's it's never going to get better because it will. Right. And so don't don't look at what you're going through right now. Look at the truth of who you are, where you're going to be, and live on that. Stand on that. Yeah, she's about to take up the church up in here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before we get out of here, Gabrielle, I do want you to um, share with us any upcoming events you have coming up and Mm -hmm. tell us where our listeners can find you in online. My website is www.gabrielleonard.com. I always have free masterclasses going out. Also, Mm -hmm. if you would love to join the community, I have a Facebook group. We have about 300 plus members right now. Mm -hmm. It's called The Booked Boss 
society. And so if you're someone who owns a service-based business or you're thinking about, incorpor- if you're a you know, product-based business and you're thinking about adding a service to your business, which I highly recommend, by the way, yes. you know, and you want to know how to create an offer that's irresistible and that's going to allow you to be booked. And if you're struggling to get clients right now, go ahead and join the Facebook group. It's called the Booked Boss Society on Facebook. You can go ahead and type that in to Facebook search and uh, we'll be there. Again, my name is Gabrielle Leonard and I thank you so much. And we'll have all of Gabrielle's information in the show notes of this episode. So if you happen to miss what she said just now, just hop over over to our website at getnakedlife.com and all of our information will be there. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been such an amazing time, Gabrielle. Thank you so much for joining us today. I thank am you, Shirley. I excited to you. get this episode out so people can soak up all of this goodness. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Shirley. I really appreciate you. You're awesome. And what you're doing, I think what you're doing here is is amazing. I think we as women need to have a platform like this where mm-hmm. we can just go to and get inspiration and grow. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you. I want to cry now. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, it goes back to purpose. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. I, I finally feel like I am truly walking in purpose. I feel like this is what God that's has awesome. called me to do. So, oh, that's yeah, awesome. I, I'm excited about it. Anyway, yeah. before me and Gabrielle get to preaching, again <laughs> right. we are out of here we will see you guys soon Woman. Woman.